As Christians, we need to be like Christ, full stop. In fact, we are called, it is demanded of us that we be like Christ. That's why the disciples were called Christians in the first place. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners, saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins. Merry Christmas, my good friends. Merry Christmas. I trust that you are enjoying yourselves, wherever you might be, with family, with friends, or just uh, alone. Doesn't matter. What matters is what is in your heart. And my prayer is that um, that. Uh, even as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, that his life may be in our hearts, in our lives. His spirit, his mind, his, his, his character. Because uh, we often celebrate Christmas without really understanding what it, is, it, 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 it means. And a lot of things that we do during this period do not in any way represent what is uh, the true meaning of Christmas. Today I would like us to go back to one of uh, our favorite topics, the mind of Jesus, the character of Jesus. Before that, um, let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for coming to our world in the form of a human being, lowering yourself to the level of a slave in order to teach us, to teach us how we ought to live in the world that you created. As we celebrate Christmas this year, Lord, we invite you. We invite your presence. We invite you into our hearts. As people exchange gifts and do other things that as the day of the Christmas, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they will give their hearts to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our reading is from the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 11. And um, the subject is imitating Christ's humility. Imitating Christ's humility. And this is what uh, the Bible says. If you, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete 
by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in every nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross, on a cross. Therefore God exhorted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and um, in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Praise be to God. So let's, let's discuss this matter of Christ-likeness, of Christ Christ-likeness, of being like Christ, having his mind, having his character. But first of all, Merry Christmas. I hope you are enjoying yourselves already and looking up to Jesus and inviting him, him to be present in everything that you do. Now the book of Philippians, like many other uh, New Testament um, books, other than the Gospels, of course, are, are, is a letter written by Paul while he was in prison to the church at Philippi. You may, be, you may recall how Paul went to Philippi together with Silas and how they were arrested and thrown into prison and thoroughly beaten. It is not quite clear when the church was, um, was started at, uh, when Paul started the church at Philippi, it is possibly at that time you recall that when uh, the jailer saw the miracle that had happened, he, he asked what he could do in order to be saved. And, 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 and Paul and Silas, Paul uh, prayed with him and the man became a believer. And, and along with the whole, his whole family. I don't know whether that was the beginning of the church at Philippi, but it doesn't matter anyway. There was a church um, in, this, in, this, in, this, uh, in, in Philippi, and Paul was writing 
a letter to them to, to give them some teaching about uh, the way to live as Christians in the midst of pressure and trials and tribulations uh, from the world around them. Now, in his letter to the church of the, um, of the Romans, in other church at Rome, Paul admonishes the Christians there um, that having come to faith in Christ Jesus, they should no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, but that they should be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Today, I want us to look at the question of the mind of Jesus. Because that is the same thing he's telling the Christians at Philippi, that they should have the mind of Jesus, or they should determine or desire to have this, the mind of Jesus in them. And so our scripture reading from Philippians chapter 2 um, is telling us that a renewed mind, a renewed mind should be like the mind of Christ Jesus. I know that we have spoken on this subject before, as I've already mentioned, but that is what is. But but, but that is because um, being Christ-minded, mind, Christ-like, is a challenge of every believer. We are saved, and we some we, we give our testimonies how we were saved. But quite also often we don't show that we are, our character and our mind is the same as that of Jesus Christ. This is a critical issue in the life of the all followers of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter how many times we read this scripture or how many times we, 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 we talk about it, it is important uh, for us. So let us look at these verses and see what Paul means to have the mind of Christ. First of all, we know that Jesus is Lord. We call him Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, um, the, the, Jesus is Lord is one of the most important themes of the New Testament. This title, Lord, is a highly exalted title, and um, it was claimed in history by such great rulers as Alexander the Great and Caesar, and probably many others. The Philippians were accustomed to worshiping human lords, including Caesar. That is before they became Christians. They, were, they had been accustomed to worshipping these human lords like Caesar. And other lords, possibly. Now Paul is telling them, these Christians at Philippi, that the only Lord is Jesus Christ and no other Lord. In fact, in actual fact, he is saying, there is no, Caesar is not Lord. 
The actual Lord is Jesus Christ alone. Now, at the time of Jesus' birth, Augustus was Caesar and Lord. And at the, at the trial of Jesus, before Pilate, the crowd rejected Jesus as their king and shouted, We have no other king but Caesar. Paul and other New Testament writers insist that Jesus is Lord, not only of the church, but Lord of the whole world. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is Lord above any other Lord that has ever existed and any Lord that has uh, exists now, if at all. So, who is Lord of your life, my dear friend? Is it Jesus or is it Caesar? That is a decision we have to make even as we uh, continue to look at these words. Who is Lord? Who is the Lord of your life? Is it Caesar or is it Jesus Christ? To be able to answer that question or to help you to make a decision let us compare let us contrast compare and contrast uh, Jesus Christ and Caesar Caesar was the emperor of Rome of the Roman empire he the Roman empire at that time was a superpower And um, the, Roman, uh, the Roman emperor ruled many nations that he had conquered. Rome was actually, you know, as, uh, let me repeat, was the superpower of the day. Caesar, therefore, had great power and authority over other nations. He had power and authority over the economies of other nations. He had great power. I mean, political and military power. And he conquered, he conquered many nations and extended his kingdom from Rome throughout Europe, some parts of Asia and Africa, particularly North, 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 North Africa, places like um, Egypt, uh, Libya, and and and, and um, the, the the countries that border, are bordering on the on the Mediterranean Sea, for instance. Caesar lived in great luxury. He lived in a palace, and uh, had everything he wanted and even more. Caesar therefore exalted himself and demanded to be worshipped as God and Lord. And for centuries after Christ, Christians were persecuted and killed because they would not worship Caesar, insisting that Jesus alone is, is, is Lord, that Jesus is Lord, not Caesar, which actually is an act of treason or was an act of treason. Eventually, Eventually, in spite of all his power and wealth, Caesar Augustus died 
and Caesar Augustus still remains dead. The great Roman Empire is no more. After seven, seven, uh, several centuries of being on top of the world, the empire, the empire was divided into the Western Empire and the Eastern Empire. Ultimately, it collapsed altogether. The Roman, the great Roman Empire ceased to exist. Nobody, therefore, mentions Caesar these days. Nobody mentions the Roman Empire these days. And let me, therefore, even mention that um, any nation today that attempts or seeks or pretends to exalt himself ab above other, other, other nations and particularly exalts itself above God is doomed to fail. Let them and let us always remember that the Roman Empire and Caesar are as dead as a dodo. Let's look at then the Jesus in contrast to Caesar. Now the angel, the angel announcing uh, Jesus' birth uh, said this. He said, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This is an angel from heaven, not a messenger from, from anybody else. But you see, it was not in a palace that Jesus was born. When the shepherds visited him, they found him in a cow shed, sleeping in a manger. In a manger. Paul tells us that Jesus... had the same status as God. That is in our reading today. Jesus had the same status with God himself. Yet he did not scramble for power. He did not campaign to be recognized. He did not demand equality with God. Instead, he humbled himself. He was born a human baby. He became a servant, in fact, a slave. You remember how he washed people's feet, his disciples' feet. And in obedience to God, Jesus willingly was crucified, allowed himself to be crucified on the cross. As a result of all these things that Jesus did, uh, as a result of allowing himself to be so lowered, to be so humiliated, so mistreated, God promoted him and gave him the name that is above all other names and exalted him to the highest place ever and gave him this name, the name, not just a name, but the name that is above all other names. And my friends, let me ask you, what name is that that is higher than any other name? The name of God himself. Jesus, the name Jesus, given the highest name and the highest place of honor, 
So much so that at the very name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. And every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is a gift. That is the reward that we get, my friends, Christians, if we allow, if we allow ourselves to, if we willingly give up everything for the sake of Christ. If we give up our pride and everything else in order to follow Jesus. And so Caesar conquered nations and ruled by force. He was feared and hated, you know, in equal measure. And he died. And that was it. Jesus humbled himself. He gained followers by becoming their servant, not their Lord. Jesus even washed feet, as you have mentioned. He died. He died as Caesar died. But Jesus rose again. Caesar remained dead. So he died, he rose again, and was exalted to the highest position in God's creation. And he now exercises power and authority side by side with the Father. His kingdom will never end. And we see these things in the in the book of Revelation. That is why, my friends, I'm inviting all of us, me included, and all your friends and relatives, I'm inviting you, everyone who will hear this message, everyone who is celebrated Christmas, to seek to have the mind of Jesus, to make it your prayer that God may give you the mind of Jesus. So let us see then what this means, the mind of Jesus means for us. Um... Paul tells the Christians at Philippi, including ourselves in verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Normally, people seeking power, success, and prosperity engage in some fierce competition and rivalry. Often, this involves cheating, bribery, even violence, and death, just so that somebody can be tops. In verse 4, Paul is telling, is telling us, do not be selfish. Consider the interests of others. Consider others to be better than yourself. So be willing to give ground then to others, to become rulers in your place, even if you think you are the best. Have the same mind, the same attitude as Christ, verse 5. And the, the attitude of Christ was namely submission, obedience. In the kingdom of God, my dear friends, things do not operate on the same principles. I mean, things do not operate on, on the principles of this world. In, 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 instead, things seem to work upside down, which is actually the right side up in God's sight. Cooperation is a critical uh, characteristic of the kingdom of God, not competition. Cooperation, not competition, is the way to gain promotion in the kingdom of God. In order to be great, 
We need to be servant of all. We need to climb, in, in order to climb up, my friends, we need to climb down. In order to have, we need to give. In order to be strong, we need to be weak. In order to be rich, we need to be poor. Jesus himself declared, blessed are the poor. In order to live, my friends, you need to die. What is seen, my dear friends, is only temporary, temporal or temporary, but what is not seen is eternal. It is forever. This is the characteristics of Christ. So how does it apply to our lives? How can we apply the example of Christ to our own life situation? As Christians, we need to be like Christ, full stop. In fact, we are called, it is demanded of us that we be like Christ. That's why the disciples were called Christians in the first place. What about in the family? In, the, in, in, in between husband and wife? Um, our relationship with the in-laws, for instance? Husbands, I mean, sons and fathers? These people, husbands, fathers... And heads of family sometimes behave like Caesar. In the church of Christ, unfortunately, our pastors and our bishops are like Caesar. They give orders and they expect obedience. They themselves are not servants, but rulers, bosses, masters who must be obeyed. In our workplace, our bosses often behave like Caesar ordering people around and firing them at will. To see your boss sometimes, it, it, it takes time. To see a big man in this country, for instance, you need to go through the gate, even to be opened in the first place. Then you need to report at the security desk. If you are cleared, you have to leave your ID there. And then you are referred to the reception desk. Then you find a receptionist who refers you to the boss's secretary, if you are lucky. Uh, and if the secretary is willing to listen, then you have to wait until the boss is ready to see you, and you'll be quite, quite lucky if you eventually see the boss. That's how we behave in this world. Not so Jesus, my friend. So, um, what are we learning from Jesus? What are we learning this Christmas from Jesus? Let us be willing to surrender our control, our desire to control things or control people. Let us humble ourselves as Jesus did. Um, when Jesus was asked what is the greatest commandment of all, he says it is love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your heart and all your strength. And the second is love your neighbor as you love yourselves. And so, um, well, love, you know, conquers everything, my friends. Love conquers everything. It has learned to love. It is because of his love for this sinful world that Jesus gave up his title in heaven. It is because of his love 
that he made himself humble and obedient even to death on the cross. It is because of his love that he, he now rules and intercedes on our behalf uh, before the courts of heaven. It is because of his love that he has gone to prepare a place for us where he shall take us there when the place is ready. It is for us, it is because of his love that he'll come back to this world at the day that we don't uh, know at the moment. To be like Jesus, my friends, is a thing to, to look after. Not power, not recognition, not wealth, not titles, but the heart of Jesus, the mind of Jesus. So as we exchange gifts this Christmas, my friends, I am urging, I'm, I'm urging you and I, even I'm telling myself I need to have the mind of Jesus, not just for Christmas, but every day of my life. Let it be my character. Let the character of Jesus be mine. Let his mind be mine. Let his heart be mine so that I may love with his love. That I may serve with his hands. That I may speak as he speaks. That I may even think as he thinks. My friends, let us humble ourselves so that in the end, God will exhort us and, put and, 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 and lift us up as he did Jesus and seat us alongside him as he gives us the crown to be co-rulers with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who, is born, who was born today 2,000 years ago to be the king of the world. We have a share in his life if we put our faith in him, if we determine to be like him. And God will be glorified in our lives. May, may this be our intention and purpose even as we celebrate Christmas this year. And may God bless you. Merry Christmas. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sins.